Welcome to a, a long and long time ago. Uh, my name is Martin, and with me, as always, is Adam. How are you doing, Adam? I'm good, thanks. And you? Good, good. Yeah, really good. Good. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, the Clone Wars, um, our slash my top eleven episodes, and this is part four. Um, and this week, we're going to be focusing on season five, episode fifteen, Shades of Reason. Um, before I ramble on, as I'm well known to do, um, Adam, you've obviously just watched this episode. What did you think? Yeah, not uh, not too long ago. I actually remember this one from the first time of watching. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this one uh, because Darth Maul's in it, and I feel like you know I, I've gone unnoticed saying Darth Maul's probably the best character in the first episode. Um, I don't know if that offends you or not, but it's um yeah it was it was enjoyable, an enjoyable episode. Um, yeah, do you want to get into your notes? Yeah, yes. Um, I mean, I I do agree with you. Darth Maul is the second best character in the Phantom Menace. After I said, Qui-Gon. I said, okay, yeah, I said best, but okay. <laughs> I was just correcting you because I knew you'd made a mistake. Um, yeah, so what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll go through my bullet points on this episode. Um, I think it's first worth mentioning that this is part two of a three-part arc. So if you go in to watch this, you should probably watch the part one first. But mm. um, part two picks up um, uh, from the end of part one where uh, Darth Maul's basically taken over all the criminal organizations um in the galaxy um including the pike syndicate and the black sun organization and obviously we know the pikes from the clone wars already clone wars. we know them from the book of boba fett as well yeah, book of boba fett yep in, and yeah. they they're also on the kessel spice mines in solo a star in wars solo. story mm. yep so and um the black sun organization are from the computer game Shadows of the Empire, which was released in 1996, I want to say, yeah. which was a story Is that, that on um, Nintendo 64. Is that right? That's right, mate. Yeah, yeah. that's that's exactly right. Um, I've actually got the cartridge behind me. Um, still, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so that was an that was took place between the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, and basically told the story of um, I think them trying to find Han Solo um, from Boba Fett um but but yeah so 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 they're in it so but I, the thing about i wanted to mention about that was i think it it probably shows us the early beginnings of darth maul or maul as he's as he's known now um creating the crimson dawn that we hmm. see in solo um the star wars story so i think i think that's kind of cool um this is something that was obviously made years and years before start a solo and Mm. they probably had no intention for it to go this that way but um it gives you a nice bit of backstory that they were able to use in order for him to create that um crime syndicate so so yeah that's cool um well that was actually going to be my my first question was going to be was that an intentional move do you think to to link it from solo back to the clone wars or oh I, i definitely think that um 
they they've pulled that story in the Clone Wars and thought, well, you know, we we need. I think I actually saw the story in Solo that they needed a main villain who was mm. going to be in charge of the Crimson Dawn, and I think so at one point they were going to choose Jabba to be the the head gangster, but then they chose Darth Maul, and then obviously they had this backstory that, that it would make sense for him to be in charge of it all. Mm. Um, now the the other things I picked up on, I thought it was quite interesting that basically no one in the episode any character trusts anyone who they're working with which you know again is a total sith trait even though the sith um don't trust the death watch the death watch don't trust the sith um so so yeah that that was kind of fun um one of the one of the brilliant things i think from this episode um or this arc is darth maul having learned from his master darth sidious instigates a fake war in order to take power on Mandalore. So using the Black Sun and the Pike Syndicate to attack Mandalore, while at the same time, they're all working with Death Watch to come in and save Mm. Mandalore um, from this fake um, attack. Um, He's basically done on a planetary scale what Sidious does on a galaxy scale, um, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. Um, I've got to get at least one of those in. Yep. And and I think um, I think he it, whether it's intentional or not, it's it's the Sith at work. Um, you know, Absolutely, we've seen yeah. it before, and um, it's just the way that he's learned well from his master. Basically, mm. I should say. So is he not officially Sith at this point? He's not, is he? I suppose. No, I don't think he is. I think um, I think he 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 loses his apprenticeship once Dooku becomes um, mm. the second. So, so yeah, I suppose as, as the, they. Do they understand him to be dead at this point as well? Do they believe him to be dead? I think I think up until the end of this episode, I believe everybody thinks Maul's dead. Yes, mm. yeah. um, obviously, obviously the Obi Wan would know, and the Jedi know now because mm. in an earlier episode, Obi Wan faces him, doesn't he, um, with Asajj Ventress? I think mm. they both face off against them, but uh, that's right. And so, so yeah, um, they, they, I think possibly Palpatine could have found out through. Um, the Jedi Council that uh, Maul was still alive. Um, again, um, uh, something else, some other things I wanted to mention. The animation since the last episode we reviewed or, or, or critiqued um, has has increased in leaps and bounds mm. once again. Uh, yep. The 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 facial animations, especially on Darth Maul, I, I just thought were absolutely fantastic. And um, the the articulation and the lightsaber fight and uh, just the, the the crowd scenes when there's the big crowd outside and they're they're talking on the balcony it's, it has such an epic scale to it and mm. I, I thought it was it was great um did we see the <laughs> kind of not about this episode but i thought it was kind of cool that when we get to see mandalore we see the um the domed cities on the planet and obviously we see those doom dome cities right where they are doomed cities i suppose yeah in the book of Boba Fett, when we see the flashback of the night of a thousand tears, where the the tie bombers are completely destroying the the, the cities, and oh, all that's left of those domes is the is the shells. And I, I think we actually saw in Mandalorian season three trailer the 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 domes, the destroyed mm. domes. So I, I kind have to of go back and watch book of Boba Fett to re- remind myself of that I don't remember that scene. Yeah, there was a there was a Terminator two esque um scene where you see the kx droids you know the k2 droids mm. 
and the probe droids killing all the Mandalorians. And then in the distance, you see thousands of Thai bombers just dropping bombs on the Mandalorian cities all and right. being massive, massive sort of nuclear explosion going on in the foreground. Um, yeah. and, 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 and just like all episodes of Clone Wars, I always like to pick out a moment that makes you go, hmm, kids show. Um, when uh, Savage Press basically just pulls up one of the Mandalorian prison guards when they're in prison and just holds him in the air yeah. and then just snaps his neck and drops him by about four stories to the yeah. ground. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was um, so pretty badass character. Um, yeah, oh, he was definitely strong. I mean, Savage. in this episode particularly, you really get a feeling that he's learned a lot since you, mm. his early appearances because he's... Just walking around, just taking people out left, right, and centre mm. without a thought. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Um, but the the I always pick one part of an episode that I I really love it for, and I've obviously there's only really one main. I think it, as Dave Filoni says in the special features, an entire act of the episode is just one scene, and that's obviously the. The lightsaber mm. battle between Savage Press and uh, Previsla, uh, sorry, Previsla. And uh, so Previsla yeah. was voiced by John Favreau. He was, yes. Um, um, I did, believe this. Sorry, did he create that character? No, no, he didn't. Um, that was a Dave Filoni. It's a Dave Filoni George, slash George Lucas character, but right. the story is that um, John Favreau was at. Lucasfilm recording sound for Iron Man in the studio next oh. next door. So he invited Dave Filoni to come in and um, you know see what they were up to. Mm. And Dave said, "Oh well, we're, we're working on this episode at the moment. They've got a character we'd love you to to voice." And that that's basically how it happened. That's his sort of int- well, not introduction to Star Wars, but that was his lead in, his foot in the door. Yeah, and and it was also his first introduction to Dave Filoni, if you think about it. And you know, twelve years on, look at yeah. them both now. Yeah. So so that's it's a, it's a it's a really cool moment. So so yes, um, I call it the the challenge for the leadership of Mandalore, hmm. and I and I think this episode we get our first probably our first visual representation of a challenge for the leadership of Mandalore. Yeah, um, that's quite it's a, been... quite an important sort of story, isn't it? Really. That's that's why I love this episode so yeah. much. I always loved it before what we saw in The Mandalorian, but mm. The Mandalorian's made me love it so much more because we've seen mentions in both Rebels and, again, The Mandalorian of whoever uh, whoever rules Mandalore must have the Darksaber. Mm. And so we've only ever heard of it, but this episode gives us an actual um, introduction, in uh, sorry, a visual representation mm. of it. Yeah. Um, I know there was kind of a mini fight between Paz Vizsla and Din Djarin in the Book of Boba Fett where he tries to take the Darksaber from Din Djarin, but yeah. I don't think that was particularly for the leadership of Mandalore. No, no. Is uh, there only so one Darksaber then? There is. Now, there's a, there's a story that's told in an episode of The Clone Wars about um, a Jedi Mandalorian, which is why he's got the lightsaber why there is a lightsaber there was a mandalorian who was a jedi mm. eons ago um i i don't want to not do justice to the story so i'm not going to go into detail because i don't 100 percent remember but mm. uh the crux of it there was a jedi mandalore mandalorian and uh, that that saber has kind of been passed down through the generations right and in the death watch the leader of death watch um holds that dark saber and I think in the future, obviously, because Bo-Katan wants that lightsaber, yeah. 
and she was given it by Sabine in Rebels. Um, but because she never won it, mm, she, she didn't have the she right didn't have the authority the... exactly, which is why the armorer, yeah. yeah, I I think the armorer calls her a fake leader or or the I don't know something along those lines where she Man, she didn't win the saber. So convoluted. There's so many different sort of stories going on. Yeah, now at exactly. this point in time. So exactly. do we know and... how Moff Gideon got hold of it? Well, I, I, I'm, I, we don't know 100%, but I'm guessing it was on the Night of Thousand Tears. He probably defeated Bo-Katan for it, but something tells me we'll be seeing seeing how in season three, maybe four of the Mandalorian, how that happened, because mm. I know Gideon's been arrested now in season two, end of season two, but mm-hmm. he is going to appear in season three, so it might well be yeah. a flashback. And um, let's face it, Giancarlo Esposito is yeah. an incredible actor. So. Oh, he's... He's in everything as well. Everything that's yeah. cool, he's in it. He, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. great. He plays a great uh, bad guy, so, you know, more of him. More of yeah, that, please. Absolutely, definitely, definitely. Um, so, so yeah, just going back briefly, I think this episode gives us a lot of clues. Um, obviously, not at the time, but it now gives us a lot of clues as to what we're probably going to be seeing in in continuing storylines in the Mandalorian going forward. Hmm. So so that's interesting. So I think it's important to watch this episode just hmm. to get a bit of background as to what's going to happen. Um, now, Bo-Katan clearly doesn't want a an outsider or a non-Mandalorian ruling the planet. Um, so when Maul defeats um, Pre Vizsla, you can see she's not taking that. She's she she's she's going to split away. So you then I think that that moment you see the Death Watch split. Mm. So you have the Darth Maul side of Death Watch, and then I think whoever follows Bo Katan um, becomes something else. I don't think they they stay as Death Watch. So I'm guessing, and I'm going to have to spoil a bit of the future here. But when Darth Maul's defeated, and the Death Watch go off on their own um after the finale of um the, the last arc of the clone wars in season seven you, you just don't really know what happens to the death watch after that hmm. so i'm guessing that they then start recruiting um uh, younglings is it younglings they use foundlings sorry foundlings. foundlings yeah so so the death watch on mall side that split away from bogotan you can perhaps then see the beginnings of what they become in the the Mandalorian where they can't take their masks off and they have all those rules that they have to follow. So again, this episode is really cool because it kind of gives you that first inkling as to why they might do this because ultimately the way that they were doing things before and the way Mandalore, um, you know, unfolded the the planet Mm. and the the politics and and the battles and everything unfolded meant that they needed to change their way. And yeah, I think I think even pre Vizsla says at some point, you know, in the previous episode, um, you know, we follow the ways of the the ancient Mandalorians and our warrior ways. So, um, okay. sorry, I'm, I'm rambling and not making a point, but again, <laughs> I think it just I think it just it just leads to perhaps things that we we're going to see we're in the future see, or yeah. have already seen. Yeah, and I think yes. that's really great. Um, um, so, Mandalorian armor is that all Death Watch? Because I'm sort of, I got a little bit sort of confused with this, with yeah. like how the, yeah, sort of Mandalorian work. Yes, yeah, well, not all of paraf- them wear the armor, do they? 
they don't know most of them don't in this in the clone yeah. wars in this part of the timeline now i'm gonna have to paraphrase because i can't go into it for too long but basically the mandalorians were a warrior race for thousands of years and basically they were just killing each other and wiping each other out because they were always fighting um <laughs> much like the sith actually and um yeah. at some point in their history they decided to throw out throw out the warrior side and become pacifists which when you see duchess satine and all of the mandalorians that live in the cities there's no mandalorian army because they've lived in in a certain amount of time now as pacifists and the death watch who are following the the old ancient mandalorian ways the ways of the warriors are um banished to a moon that's just off the planet of Mandalore, I think it's Concordia, but I, I don't want, I don't want, I might have got that wrong, mm. but I think it's Concordia. And that on that planet, they're exiled there. And obviously, you know, they want to bring back the old ways because they think that the pacifist way is, is ruining their planet and their, their culture. So that, that's why in the Clone Wars era, you don't see anybody other than the, the, um, the Death Watch wearing the armor. Um, so yeah, does that answer the question? <laughs> okay, well, yeah, more or less. <laughs> yeah, um, but then when you get to latter periods, um, they're all wearing the armor because I guess the pacifist side of things obviously went when when the empire bombed their planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was it was like the, the introduction of the Mandalorian uh, series that sort of threw everything off for me. I was like, how? How are they all wearing the armor? I don't know. It's, yeah, I guess. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm but there's, there's obviously they're they're well known. I mean, there is obviously a lot less of Mandalorians because they've been wiped out pretty much, mm. um, and uh, that's why they probably had to bring in foundlings. I would guess as well because there were no pure pure blood um, mm. Mandalorians to uh, to carry on the Mandalorian way. So. Again, I'm sure we'll find all this out in the future um, on, yeah. on the show. But um, uh, sorry, yeah. So uh, the fight itself, um, wow. I mean, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, the camera work's fantastic. Um, um, I thought I thought the animation was fantastic, and there was just one moment which made me like laugh out loud, but in a good way. Not not thinking it was silly, but um, when Darth Maul was just about to defeat. Pre Vizsla and he needs him in the face. You actually see an animated tooth come flying out of his <laughs> mouth, um, which I spotted on the second viewing um, earlier today, which which I thought was great. Yeah. Um, and part of me always felt when watching this episode that Darth Maul was kind of playing playing the part. Oh, well, I'll make it look like it's really difficult because well, I could defeat you. That's that's what I was going to say. I, um, it was a great battle, but. I felt like uh, as a Sith, he should be able to, he should manage that so much easier, shouldn't he? So you think he was toying with him? Initially, I thought he was toying with him. Mm. And I thought, oh, he's got to make it look good because if he just breaks his neck using the force or something like that, mm. they're just not going to, you know, he's got to get the respect of the clan, hasn't he, in order to take over. So, okay, that I, makes sense. I, well, but after today's viewing, I've changed my mind completely. I think he actually is having a hard time because um full full disclosure i watched the special features about this episode um, on the dvd after i'd watched the episode okay. and dave Filoni actually states that um they wanted 
to show for the first time ever a Mandalorian being able to use every aspect and and everything they've got on their suit mm. in a fight because these guys fought the Jedi in a war thousands of years ago and they they you know they they gave them a good kick in so yeah. um they, so he they wanted are to show so they are capable and looking back at it you can actually see the frustration in Maul's face that he isn't it isn't as easy as he thinks it's it's going to be mm. and it's it's only when i think he fires a couple of um kind of blades at him and it catches him in the cheek and cuts both his cheeks mm. or one of his cheeks um you actually see him right enough's enough and he just break make sure that he destroys the jetpack which basically takes most of um previsor's um powers if you like <laughs> yeah powers if you like <laughs> For away from a him word. yeah because he can't he can't just you know fly off and start throwing bombs and yeah and and stuff like that so so yeah i actually Keeps i actually think grounded we all know about the higher ground <laughs> yes absolutely yeah. yeah um so 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 i i, I think that was I, well i know it's done on purpose because i have to say i watched the special features but i think um i think that's actually much better than the more playing playing him a little bit because mm. I, I i think um it, it's it's a good way of showing that these mandalorians aren't something to be trifled with because how many times again i'm gonna to have to go back to the mandalorian have we seen Jin, Din Djarin just absolutely take out five yeah. six seven people without really much of a an effort yeah 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 it's a good point um and there's one other thing i wanted to bring up about uh the fight um was uh it's another yep child child moment um with the beheading <laughs> at the end of the episode where he just cuts off um previsor's yeah. head and and of course it pans round the back of somebody as the camera does so yeah. as he's bringing in the blade it's cleverly down, done but we know yeah. that that's what's happened yeah yeah, I, I thought I thought that was um, absolutely wow. Um, that was pretty hardcore. Um, and and um, but again, I was I was reading up some trivia on this episode, and apparently they planned to film the beheading and actually show mm. it. Um, and there they were going to show his head rolling down the stairs, <laughs> but the, but I, I should imagine George probably came in and said, "No, we're not no, doing we, that. We better not. <laughs> no, we better not do that." So so, but then you know, I thought, "Oh, well, this is really hardcore Star Wars," but no, it's not because we have seen it before, haven't we, with Count Dooku? Mm. Um, and if you look to in the extent, background, yeah. well, I don't know. If you look in the background when Count Dooku gets his head chopped off, you can actually see his head bouncing around. Um, next to the chair oh, right. of Palpatine's prison chair, so um, so we have seen it before and in live action. So mm. maybe it's not as bad as we maybe maybe it does um, get you a, a, a or a PG thirteen in America chopping yeah. someone's head off. I would have thought it'd be higher, but what do I know? <laughs> yeah, well, it's animated, so they might just lower it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, um, but yeah, that, that, that's um, that's that's all I've got really for this episode, and. Yeah, I loved it. It was great. Yeah, I really enjoyed it too, to be fair. Um, and like I say, it was one that I remembered quite clearly from the first watch. So, yeah, brilliant. All right, that's enough for this week. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please hit the like and subscribe button. Uh, and we will catch you in the next one. See you later. Bye. Bye.